So when we travel places, are we going and praying about where we go? Is it fulfilling the will of the Lord? Is the Lord pleased with our decision? And then two, are we abiding in the Lord to bring his presence wherever we go? Mm -hmm. So like one, the divine will of God and two, the intimate relationship in context. Yeah, because I mean, don't expect, you know, you're, I'm going to go travel to Ibiza and go party mm. there and all that stuff, you know. Well, but is the Lord sending you to Ibiza? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are you, you know, do you oh, have drugs wow. in your pocket? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's the context? What yeah. could, what bad could happen? Hello and welcome to The Cashmere Couple. We are your hosts, Elizabeth and Joshua. You're experts at being single and marrying later in life. In this podcast, we will discuss singlehood, marriage, and living a godly lifestyle. Grab your morning beverage and let's get started. Hey, and we are on part two about unequally yoked. That's right. Last time we went from what we were trying to do, uh, the whole podcast about different topics regarding being equally yoked, unequally yoked, and we ran out of time. So here we are, days later, recording the second portion of that. And we love... We're trying to attempt to hit the other... Get all of them. Five other points. I will see. We'll see if that works out. (laughs) Last time, uh, the last podcast, we went with uh, the definition and origin of being unequally yoked. And one of the varying topics that can apply to being unequally yoked, which is health and fitness. Mm-hmm. So basically the, the biblical definition of being un- unequally yoked with your faith and went into detail and personal stories, uh, anecdotal and more also specific metadata like the application of it applies to all people and then health and fitness in regards to our story now we have travel politics empowerment sensitivity finances and if if that's not enough we have composure as well Mm -hmm. like how do you hold yourself so we'll try to get through all of these uh this is going to be part two of being unequally yoked or Mm -hmm. equally yoked so I think the idea even right now we're going to be going into travel. I think this is a fairly new situation because obviously up until now, travel was not really a norm compared to what it is right now. Not as accessible. Are you People, talking about with like the pandemic or like back in 1800s no i'm saying even let's say 20 years ago not a people a lot of people who were single had the finances to go traveling and so they didn't have that travel bug as they do now it's Mm. more accessible in the past let's say 10 years people traveling abroad compared to what it was 20 years ago single people you know and and again 20 years ago majority of people who were single let's say were in their early 20s maybe mid-20s and financially didn't weren't able to travel as much as People are able to right now, hmm. you know, so this is a, a newer, I think, Maybe. luxury compared to, well, I'm, I'm looking, so I'm the youngest in my family. I have siblings who are about 10 years older than me, got married in their early twenties. And I'm looking back at their generation, at their friends and kind of where they were in life. And they didn't travel as much as what my nephews are traveling who are in their early twenties right now. Yeah. They, don't well, have that abil- they didn't have that ability. Yeah, I guess. So I guess within a certain criteria, like within a certain context, your family also for the next generation, uh, they're more well off. 
two, I also agree with you. So mm-hmm. like one, I think a little bit different situation because of the finances and because of the fact that the families are more well-established. Your previous generation came from Romania and they came from a much lower income situation. And now this next generation, think of your brother-in-law mm-hmm. and your uh, your sister, the oldest. Mm-hmm. And he came from Romania, he established himself, he worked hard, and now his children have much more opportunity. Well, let's flip it a bit. Let's look at your side of the family, you know, like look look in your own, your peers, not even just your siblings, but your peers. Were they able to travel as much in their well, early 20s? I remember when I went back home to the Upper Peninsula and I was in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and I saw some friends, uh, some old coworkers, and they said, Hey man, like, how's it going? It looks like it's going really good. You've been traveling a lot. That must mean you, you're rich because people who travel are rich. And I grew up very, you know, low income, Mm -hmm. lower to middle income, but basically low income. And the peers I had saw what I was doing and thought, wow, look at him. Like, I remember when I went back home and I saw one of the, people who volunteered in our school was one of the librarians she saw my sweater Mm -hmm. and it was a aeropostel sweater and it said california Mm -hmm. she looked at me and she said california (laughs) yeah right you're dreaming Mm -hmm. as if like you'd ever make it to california Mm -hmm. and that was the context in which i grew up because we did not have the resources Mm -hmm. the finances so it was very much so in that context and my you know my grandfather came from romania my Mm -hmm. great Grandfather came from Poland. My great great grandmother came from Lithuania, and then I have you know some German ancestry okay. too. So it was like right within generations. All right, but let's let's then go back a little bit. Also, before social media, people were a little bit more content. Yeah, they dreamt of traveling. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll travel somewhere in their lifetime. That was great. But now because we have social media, this younger generation yeah. are seeing all these people traveling, and yeah. they want to do that. So too. I definitely agree with you, and I think that. So I'm thinking of stories where people had started, uh, people left corporate jobs and they started coffee shops. Like there, I remember watching a YouTube video of this man who started these coffee, this coffee cart business, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was you know head like high up in the corporate world, and he was one of the you know C-suite officers. So I, I don't remember if it was chief financial officer or uh, chief you know, directing officer or chief marketing officer. I can't remember exactly which specific role he held or if it was, he was a banker on wall street. Can't remember exactly the context. So I, I apologize, Mm -hmm. but I remember he left and went over to South America and Central America and was impressed with, uh, this idea of fresh coffee. And, you know, you you can see fresh coffee growing there and he came back and wanted just that, you know, wholesome, holistic lifestyle of, you know, that vibrance. And I think that there was probably more people like him. And I know that the person that was my roommate when I studied ministry uh, with master's commission and with the Assemblies of God program to uh, help with hands-on ministry, the person that I lived in the same house with, he was a level underneath us. He went off to Peru and Argentina and Brazil, South America, and he had one of those one of the hippie sweaters I bought one too, like the, what do you call it? Uh, it's like all colorful and mm-hmm. has like the, it's big and baggy, mm-hmm. not like called. a poncho, but it's, it's all woven. Uh, and he came back 
and he was uh, talking about his travels. And this was like right at the beginning again, of social he's media. A mission, he's a missionary. No, no, no. Well. He wasn't a missionary. He was uh, just searching. He was one of those more like free-minded mm-hmm. uh, individuals mm. uh, that was just like searching for meaning in life mm. and w- had me listen to uh, different talks before and give mm-hmm. my Christian perspective because he was trying to understand things more. Okay. And so I think he was just searching. So I definitely know there are people like that, and you hear of the stories of the people there's, who ventured out there's into more like Antarctica. That oh yeah, so even more so. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, I think I agree with you. I just wanted to prelude to the fact that people did travel but they well, just know, probably didn't travel you're probably yes it's not you're 100 right yeah, not i'd imagine now. that the if we looked at data yeah. which we didn't do but if we looked at data i'm sure that it went from like just let's say randomly 20 percent to like 50 yes. percent, or maybe 10 percent to so my 30 point being is that now like before people would bring the topic of travel as mm-hmm. being unequally yoked no one oh, would have brought that yeah, up i guess it's a good context. but now well, i do work in the travel industry too i understand yeah. that but not everyone does yeah so we have to kind of bring this into context of why we even think that this is um kind of like a sub an actual situation an actual situation yes because like, does a person pe- like to travel most people now are traveling mm-hmm. you know they're finding cheap fares and making it an effort to travel mm-hmm. Yeah, And so that is something that you kind of need to discuss as well, because yeah. it could be an issue and, and and not an impossible issue. I think this is something that you can discuss and try to compromise and find a good balance as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But this is also something that needs to be discussed as well. What, the fact that people are traveling more? No, if whether or not you like to travel, you're in a you're starting yeah, yeah, a relationship yeah. with someone. That's, yes, so that's, that's like let's idea. let's let's get so, into that. Like we <laughs> that's had. the idea. Yeah, so um, definitely, I think that that's a good way to line it up. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're prefacing the conversation of travel by the fact that more people travel more often. Yes. In current societal yes. situations, in current society. Uh, in modernity, in as modernity. we like to say, <laughs> yeah, in modernity than in the past and your point of reference is 20 years ago. Uh, I have the scripture of Joshua 1, 9, which says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, so I've used this scripture because I think of Joshua as an adventurous person, and there was another scripture saying, uh, any place you go, any place you step foot, you're taking for the Lord specifically with Joshua, and my name is Joshua. So we go by colloquial, uh, colloquially here at the home as Obraznik, but uh, my Obraznik. name is Obraznik, but, uh, but my name is Joshua. Uh, <laughs> but and, the, <laughs> I, <laughs> and she goes by Ubibila. Yeah. Yes, it's all endearing words because right. like, now it's going to be understood. You know, the Romanians be like, I thought you guys didn't call each other names. And so. Oh, no, no. It's <laughs> more like me, you know, blocking, Turn. blocking her in the in the closet today and like pretending I didn't realize she was trying to exit the closet. He's being and then cheeky. her looking at me. Yeah. Her looking at me and like, hey, love, just a moment, just a moment. And I'm like, what? What's going on? Like looking around. And then I joke around and say, oh, yeah. but uh, but yeah, it's just fun times because uh we joke about that and i also don't think it has as much weight for me because yeah i didn't grow up speaking romanian i only know a little yeah, it's, bit it's romanian, like the idea of like oh you're being cheeky you yeah. know obraz, obraz yeah so it's not know? so it's not like a insult it's yeah. not saying like you're a fat head <laughs> uh so going places adventuring purposeful movement to challenge oneself 
to go where God is leading you, to grow, to conquer fear, to help others, to accomplish things. Quote unquote, do you like to travel? Most like the idea, but have never done much of it. And also it is in regard to being cultured as a person, the question of how cultured is the person you're looking for. And this is one of the things that I found uh, a great capability of becoming cultured knowing oneself, knowing who you are, solo travel unlocks a lot of that. And I'm not just talking via my experience, but I'm also talking about for many, many people. And I think it's an applicable uh, capability. Like to, it's, a, it's an applicable option for people to say, okay, I've unlocked check mark solo travel. When you solo travel, you have to depend on yourself. You have to look for What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? What am I going to do? How am I going to get around? What's going to happen in, in cases of danger? Um, can I depend on myself? Can I depend on others? How much dependence do I put on other people? How much do I put on myself? How much research do I do? You really get to see. And if you give yourself a moment to, to even to journal or any of that, you get to see who you are. And that kind of gives you a better understanding of yourself. And it also allows you to see the world through a different lens, a different context, because you do not have anything else interfering with it. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of solo travel. Can I, so I can speak from experience where I'm sitting on the uh, yellow bastion in Sarajevo and watching the sunset mm -hmm. and seeing couples having a good time, having a glass of wine or sitting and having good conversation and the string lights and then hearing the Muslim call the prayer mm -hmm. all over the whole place and thinking about all of that and just seeing the different cultures there and the place where world war one started and thinking about all of that and observing the world and taking it all in. It's very special. And you don't have someone else saying, Hey, Hey, isn't this cool? Hey, wow. You know what? The, wouldn't this be nice if, Hey, you know, or like saying something interfering with that experience. And maybe it's a, a friend you can travel with in a better way to observe those things. And I think there's benefits to, traveling with people too, yeah. to grow and have patience with others. But I think that you need multiple, you know, a plethora and you need a, a multiple experiences of traveling with people, of traveling solo. And uh, this is in the context to if you're that type of person. So maybe you do not travel as much. Maybe it's not important to you. Cool. No shame to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's where uh, you've got to come to that understanding in a relationship. If you're going to be linked up with someone who does like to travel a lot and you do not, man, think twice. You know, like it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it's going to make things more difficult in relationship because you're going to be itching, Frustrated. wanting to go, and that person's going to be a homebody. And uh, maybe you can read through the lines with this because like I was saying here in this little quote I wrote down on my phone, is a lot of people say they like to travel, but many people uh, will not have they will not have traveled as much and mm -hmm. so that was one of the things i found is so oh you like to travel oh cool where have you been mm -hmm. well uh, i went to florida once okay well never out of i don't have a passport oh i can't get a passport it's too difficult so don't i mean you know. don't don't knock on the people who don't travel you know you have sure. to kind of you have yeah to keep i'm just a balance. saying I know for you me love for me because i've I been mean, to travel. close to 60 countries I now understand that. no granted i haven't been to every country but I, 
So again, I understand for you, yeah. this is a, a big priority is traveling, sure. not for everyone. So That's just true. keep that in mind. No shame. Kind of, yes, yeah. exactly. Double dose of no shame. Yes. <laughs> and I do believe, and this isn't a make yeah. or break situation. If you are, you know, you love traveling and the person didn't have the opportunity, you know, yeah. you are blessed to the fact that I did travel a lot. So it wasn't True. too difficult for you. And with my resources, mm-hmm. I wasn't making much when I was traveling, but because of my my job role, mm-hmm. I had opportunities to travel yeah. with low income. But again, so I guess in that way, I'd be it'd be a shame for me to judge. But it does. But again, there are cheap fares, you know, yeah. over here in the U.S. You have Spirit in Europe. You have Wizz Air and Rainier. So, I mean, I did cheap fare. I went through all Europe yeah. with cheap fare. I drove around. I had that blessing for living in Europe. You can mm-hmm. go to different countries just by driving. Yeah. But the thing is, so let's let's kind of bring it down to the relationship. Let's say yeah. the guy wants to travel. He loves traveling. A, you know, <laughs> i.e. you. <laughs> How you were. Yeah. And let's say she isn't used to traveling. Maybe is more of a homebody because she hasn't been taken out of her comfort zone of traveling as much as you have. So for a healthy relationship, it's good to find the middle ground. Okay. One, the fact that you're in a relationship and you are married and you have different responsibilities now compared to when you were single, you will kind of have to temper that wandering spirit just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I believe the woman right now we're using a woman as an example because the roles could be, easily reverse as she traveled a lot and he's more of a homebody it's easy for that as well but whoever is that quote-unquote homebody the person who isn't used to traveling who doesn't have much of that experience allow yourself to get out of your comfort zone and make the effort to travel once in a while that's where you find that middle ground he tra- okay you can't travel every month i understand that you don't want to travel at all make that effort to travel make that effort to understand that you kind of also, you know, you both need to create a home and cultivate a home. And if you can't travel abroad or travel to different states as you are used to, because now you have one more responsibility and then two, your partner isn't used to it, just, you know, baby steps. Because as the person slowly starts to travel more and more, they're a little more comfortable. The intimidation aspect is gone, you know, be a little bit more gracious in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of come into that middle ground and where it's more harmonious yeah. and not bitterness and frustration and anger mm-hmm. can come into the mix. And then again, you could have children. When children come into the mix, it's another weight of responsibility that, yes, you could try to become a traveling couple. But, you know, you start mm-hmm. with baby steps. You, you know, it may not be as much as when you guys were single, just the two of you. Yeah. You adapt yeah. and you change and, you know, you, you just adapt to the situation. to this, too. And I, I think of a situation where I've met someone and she was like, uh, she was basically a self-defined gypsy and she Mm -hmm. literally had bird feathers sewn in her hair and she had like little gold strands, like Mm -hmm. little things. And she had like some dye and she Mm -hmm. had kind of matted a little bit. And she approached me and we were talking. We just, you know, I think it was a work situation. I was had a conversation with this person. I explained that I love to travel as well. I love to come home and travel. And she said, why do you ever come home? Mm. And I looked at her and I thought for a second and I was like, well, if I'd never come home, then I never leave. Like, if you think about it, the fact that you have a home gives you an option of leaving. It gives that difference. It gives that variety. Mm-hmm. And if change is the constant, then the 
then change is constant and it's consistent. And it's grounding as well. Yes, exactly. So what I like to do is I actually like to have a home base. I like to have a safe place. Mm -hmm. I like to have those, you know, that place where it's your own and that, that security, that, uh, that freedom. Mm -hmm. But if you're always traveling, then you're never traveling because, well, I mean, you then travel is just basically life. So for me, the adventure is launching, coming Mm -hmm. back, launching. But I wanted to get a little bit into the scripture as well, mm-hmm. which I just read. And I believe it was Joshua yeah, 1.9, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous. The Lord is with you wherever you go. So I remember I was actually trying to fly home from Washington, D.C. from visiting my brother, Benjamin. Shout out to Benjamin. And love you, bro. I didn't make the flight. And mm-hmm. I was pulled off the flight. And I was like, why? There was you know, plenty of open space on the flight. And I prayed mm-hmm. and I was like, God, why have I not made this flight? I want to know. And then I heard him speak to me and he said, don't go somewhere just to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere because that's where I am. Like, that's where I'm sending you. I'm, I'm directing you in that way. And I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so from that, and you can take that, I think a few different ways, but two ways in particular I've taken that is one if you have the presence of the Lord with you, wherever you go, you're bringing the presence of the Lord with you. And then two, if you're listening to the Lord's voice, then you want to be directed and only go where the Lord is directing you. Yes. And some people can get into the, I want to say it's like that hyper grace. It's that word of faith where it's like anywhere you decide to go, it's in your head, it's in your mind, it's from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you're meant to go. And because the Lord you is with you, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. No quote scriptures. Go there. Well, also... My sheep know my voice. Mm-hmm. We can think deeper, and I. it might be controversial for me to bring this up, but I think when Paul was praying about where to go and he saw the vision of himself, I think he saw himself in chains if he went to a certain place. And I can't remember if it was Corinth uh, or Ephesus. I can't remember exactly the location. But when he was in the Bible talking about this, I personally think he was being warned not to go. But mm-hmm. he said you know, I will go like he was eager to go. And there's controversy because people consider the New Testament as the will of God fulfilled in the people and the Old Testament, like stories of history Mm. that are showing evil and good and just being kind of unbiased with just a raw look. And then the New Testament as like the will of God fulfilled in the people and the Mm -hmm. correct way to follow. So it's a controversial opinion, but I I think about that and I think about, okay, are we meant to go, you know, if the Lord's warning us, what does that mean? Like Mm -hmm. we have a dream of ourselves. What do we do with that? Mm -hmm. Do we adjust or do we just continue on and persevering? And I think there's value in both. Mm -hmm. And I want to be careful to not say this is exactly the way the scripture was meant to be, but it's an opinion I've thought about. Mm -hmm. And I've brought this up to other people I respect, including my father and he does not agree, and I think probably most people don't agree, and that makes me have pause to think, maybe I'm wrong. I suggest it as an option, not as the truth, and I'd like us to consider probably both those at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when we travel places, are we going and praying about where we go? Is it fulfilling the will of the Lord? Is the Lord pleased with our decision? And then two, are we abiding in the Lord to bring his presence wherever we go? Mm -hmm. So like one, the divine will of God, and two, the intimate relationship in context. Yeah, because I mean, don't expect, you know, you're I'm going to go travel to Ibiza and go party there mm. and all that stuff, you know. Well, but is the Lord sending you to Ibiza? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are you, you know, 
do you oh, have drugs my, in your pocket? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like what's the context? What yeah. could, what bad could happen? Um, and I thought that about that with Greece. And I actually, when I was thinking about going to Greece, I had heard that certain areas were more party-esque. So I was planning on trying to go to the island of Patmos where John finished the book of Revelation mm -hmm. and wrote it where he was exiled onto that island. Mm -hmm. And I thought like how amazing to be in the places and you could go visit the, you know, the areas he was. And in that way, in a, a riching and fulfilling trip. So when you travel with the Lord in his presence, and I think of the most amazing times in my life where, say, for instance, when I went to Ireland and I just abided in the Lord and sat down on a bridge hearing the water rush behind me and go before me underneath in this river and the the gap of Dunlow, the island, or not the island, but rather the, uh, the, the few mountains that are there and they're smaller mountains. Mm -hmm. I climbed the shortest, shortest one just to say I did. Mm -hmm. I was running out of time and daylight and I made it to the top and then I was going down and I slipped and fell a few times and was sliding and got mm -hmm. soaked and then ended up sleeping in the car that I was in. But it provided, <laughs> it's sometimes like the most not ideal situations that bring the best memories yeah because it's it's stronger in your mind it's more about that survival but i was having a good time of presence with the lord and i heard his voice i was just writing down in my journal what he was speaking to me and it was such a blessing and i to think be that's, there with him that's a really good reminder for those who do travel yeah to actually sit down and pause not only like pause yeah. and be grateful for the fact that you were able to go to the location that you went to to, to the destination because yeah. majority of people do not have that blessing one mm -hmm. two take that time to be in the presence of god because usually when you're when you're going on a vacation somewhere you're hustling you're you're you know hurry you know really quick quick yeah. quick you have to go and see all these different places yeah. you know you don't time is short mm -hmm. but it's just kind of take a pause be present enjoy the landscape enjoy the people enjoy the culture and enjoy god in the process yeah and try to bring the presence of the lord with you so just like god was speaking to joshua try to bring the presence of the lord with you wherever you go yeah and that's one of the things i realized so from this experience i had where i was in dc is i thought okay well two things one i want to make sure i'm only going with the lord would have me to go and two I want to make sure that I'm bringing the presence of the Lord with me, that I'm like really abiding in him. The Bible talks about knowing God. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the word is called, the Hebrew word is yada, is y knowing God and uh, to know him. And it's almost like intercourse mm -hmm. when he talks about like being a man intimacy? and a woman. Yeah, knowing because you're intimacy. one with God. And Christ even spoke about this. I wish that you'd be one with the Father as I am one with him. Mm -hmm. And these things that like this is part of the reason why christ died is that we not only would have everlasting life eternal life salvation uh forgiveness of sins but also that beautiful communion and connection with our father god mm -hmm. that we would be one with him that we'd have that and and i apologize if i got the word wrong but i think it's that word did so you want to add anything more with I, travel I before? I think travel is good. I think we, <laughs> we hit the... On. We the keep going point. so we don't get too... I think, uh, honestly, we have time for one more because we, we're, we're going in, yeah, we're oh, going wow, in depth we're at, on yeah. each point. Okay, politics. Uh, now, this one could go for a while. I think this could be a whole, pol uh, whole podcast. So? Politics, yeah, because like... Well, I think in the Christian realm, it's pretty simple. You say pretty simple, but there's a lot of nuances to politics, even in Christianity. So I have the verse here of John chapter 16, verse 33. Would you like to read it so I don't talk too much? Oh, thank you. Yes, I love you. <laughs> Tell your best. Okay. 
John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. So this speaks to, in a certain regard, politics. And I think of your brother-in-law, Yanutz, and his, his mindset is often the same. And sometimes I feel myself think, oh, you know, like, of course you're going to say that. But he'd say, Christ has overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to worry. And it happens when someone else brings up, whenever we're in a big group, and someone else brings up something like the concerns of this world and mm-hmm. them trying to take over the currency and have a digital currency that they can manipulate. Mm-hmm. And then if they have that, then they can cut off people like, like mm-hmm. Canada did. They mm-hmm. can cut off, oh, we do not like you protesting, your truckers. We're going to freeze your bank accounts, take your money. Mm-hmm. Literally has happened in the world stage mm-hmm. in what is, quote unquote, a westernized, liberalized society, quote unquote, democracy. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. We know that persecution in a large scale is going to happen to the Christians based on the book of Revelations and the prophecy. So we are very aware and we're very like watching for those Mm -hmm. things. But he'll bring it up and say, you know, the Lord's overcome all this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's so simple. It's frustrating. I'm like, come (laughs) on, man, like embrace our our fear but he's <laughs> he's saying no like do not be afraid yeah and i think that is the politic of of a christian that's one of the contexts of being a christian is that we do not trust and so like here it's saying uh in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world so in this world we'll have trouble mm-hmm. and we could read the scripture as well about the love of this world mm-hmm. and the lusts of the flesh mm-hmm. And that yeah, if you, you can't serve two masters. Yes, exactly. So mm-hmm. if you love this world, you can't love God. If you and, love money, you can't yeah. love God. So if it's like the one- lusts of the flesh, the the pride of life, the pursuit of the world, the passions. Those who love their life will lose it. Yes. And those who sacrifice their life for Christ will gain eternal life. Actually, and, it's interesting. I, I read this article kind of. Uh, speaking about all the different historians, non-biblical historians who spoke about Jesus Christ, basically my ears proof. perked up here. <laughs> who um, basically the what they wrote that proves that Jesus existed and that he resurrected, and this is within like 100 years, like up to 108 years, and then so these are very very close, even three like 33. And these 80, are secular historians. Secular historians. Just they are not standard Christian. historians. Yep. They are completely okay. out, like non-biblical. Okay. And one historian, I think he was Roman, and he was talking about, um, he was trying to consult with his, um, I forgot, I don't know if it was a governor or whatnot, but he would persecute the Christians. Mm-hmm. And he's, he kind of got to a point, he's like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know, like, do I continue persecuting? Do I continue not? Like, what do I do? Because the ones who are not renouncing their faith will, will, will die, will go to the end. Yeah. You know, I'm killing men, women, children. Those who, you know, I've, I've threatened and I continue to threaten that, you know, I will torture them, torment them if they renounce their faith, if they renounce um, and they, you know, do a, a wine offering to the gods. And if they pray and they declare and whatever and they blaspheme their Christ and all this stuff. And so, you know, there are some and he said there were some that renounced their faith, you know, mm. but the ones that didn't, they they went to the end. He said, but he was saying, I don't know what to do because this in a sense, this cult is multiplying. Like, yeah. like we, I can't, I can't contain them. There's, there's more and more. Like, what do you want me to do? But he was saying in that time, even in that time, there will be, and there are those, and even in 
Paul writes, I believe in Second Timothy, I read this morning, those, you know, a number of people who have stepped away from their faith. Yeah. You know, and there will always be those who love the world, love their comfort, and will renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Many Christians will do this and have done this in the past mm-hmm. for their comfort and safety. Reminds me of uh, that chapter in Matthew as well, mm-hmm. where he's talking about for the sake of the elect mm-hmm. that uh, the end will come. Mm-hmm. And it's the the persecution of Christians and things getting worse and worse, mm-hmm. people fleeing. I think that often in our certain, in our specific context, we're not in a nation that is as hostile to the gospel. So we do not understand the full context of scripture sometimes and when persecution starts happening we act as if it's an evil terrible thing which sure it is Mm -hmm. but it's it's right here in the bible like it and this is a phone but it has the bible in digital form and i mean christ says that we will be hated for he was hated first by the world yeah if you guarantee yeah exactly if you're a follower of me uh, the promise is the world hated me so it will hate you also Mm So when we think, oh, we want to be loved by this world, mm-hmm. what are we asking for? Are we asking for the ways of this world, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, all of these pride of life, lust of the flesh, all of these things that we want to be agreement with us? Mm-hmm. Do we also realize that the world and its full ability has been given over to this seared conscious? Mm-hmm. So they're not able to think what the conscious God mm-hmm. has given him. And they've accepted what is true is, mm-hmm. is false and what is false is true. What is evil is good, and what is good is evil, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of that. The Lord starting to happen. What was it? The Lord um, allowed them, kind of, in their own to be given over. There you go. Yeah, given over to their own to evil devices. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they he allows them to be fully given over to it. So people, that's a really a, well. That's the beauty of, of God. Of will. Yes, that's the yeah. beauty of God. I remember always hearing it, and I kind of kept with this mindset: God is a true gentleman. He will, he's not a dictator. Yeah, I've heard that about the Holy Spirit as well. Yeah. He will not force you according to his will. Yeah. You know, he will, he will guide you. He will, he will, won't give up on you. Mm-hmm. However, you have the right to choose to be with him or not be with him. But with those come consequences. Yeah. And that was the beauty of marriage as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've explained to people that are very angry that God would let people go to hell. And I say, well, God never destined anyone to go to hell. He didn't he, want he anyone, want to, go anyone to, go to go to hell. I mean, what's all he said, That's the thing about marriage son. is when when you when you get married, you don't say, "You marry me, no choice." No, you say, "You get down on one knee," or maybe that's a societal expectation. So whatever it is, you ask for a woman's, and this that's is a very humbling act, actually, to yeah. go down on a man to go down on his knee. Yes, you're ask. becoming low, mm-hmm. and in that way you're serving too, but you're becoming low, and you're saying, will you marry me? Mm-hmm. And it's that same way with God. Mm-hmm. It's that, will you abide in me? Like, mm-hmm. he's a gentle, patient God. He's also just, and yeah. that's one of the things I've and thought about. we can't about forget with, that either. Yeah, I've had people that have been frustrated about, I don't believe in hell. Like, how could people go to hell? And, you know... Why would anybody be sent there? But then they say, well, this person was a terrible person. And you think, how can you make that judgment? Mm. Well, because they were just bad. And you're like, well, you're is, human what does with it mean, limited mindset, yeah. limited capability of thinking and consideration. You haven't existed from the beginning of time. And yet you're making a judgment call 
how much more so a just and holy God who mm-hmm. created it all. Mm-hmm. He's able to make a better judgment. Yeah. Give it to his hands. And also fear the Lord, you know, respect God. Don't disrespect God. Yeah. Cause he's okay. So before we continue and, and I don't know if we'll stop here, but I wanted to say something else about politics from my understanding and context of reading scripture for the years that I've had. It's that politically we're meant to be conservative towards ourselves and liberal towards others. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful uh, paradox of which I'm finding more and more of in life, whether it be grace and faith and acts uh, like that, you know, you have to have actions to show that you're prove prove you're a child of God, prove you're born again, to prove it's, you're walking it's with shown Christ. by your fruit. And you also can't do anything to earn mm-hmm. redemption, to earn grace. Mm-hmm. But by confessing, which is kind of like an action, mm-hmm. you accept Christ as your savior. <laughs> so it's like these these paradoxes. But it's neither liberal nor conservative, um, but it's both mm-hmm. at the same time. And you look at... If we got deeper into this, uh, we look at the context of uh, like the the lawmakers, the mm-hmm. Pharisees, and then we look at the the zealots, mm-hmm. like complete Peter, opposite. Yeah. Simon, I think Simon the Zealot, Simon Peter the Zealot. I think mm-hmm. he was the Zealot, like this. And I think of zealots uh-huh. in a in a deeper way. I think zealots were the right wing conservatives of their day. Like you think about the preppers and the people storing ammunition away mm-hmm. and trying to, and they're like, it's all corrupt, whatever. We're going to, you extreme. know, the mm-hmm. extreme far right fringe. Mm-hmm. And they're like the zealot. And then you think of the people that are up in the universities and you said, what? I can't believe you would say such a thing. And mm-hmm. like, did you consider your privilege? And well, think about this. And they have all of the nuances. They have all of the, um, the specific phraseology of are you homophobic? Are you transphobic? Are you uh, what's the action towards female? Are you uh, oh, like misogynist? Are you misogynistic? Are you misogynist? Are you and they have all these things mm-hmm. to say and they have the universities, they have Hollywood, they have uh, media, mm-hmm. they have uh, often a lot of government roles and mm-hmm. they they reside in these positions. And we always thought about the religious leaders as, you know, quote unquote, acting religious. But we've considered things differently more recently. One of the things we were watching is this uh, Easter performance Mm -hmm. on YouTube (laughs) and this man talking about it. And he said, uh, how far am I going to go? I'm going to go to the edge of the sea. I'm going to go to the edge. And he said, right before, right before. All the way up to close to sin. Uh, not close. Was it close? Or like, as like, close as I can get to sin. Without sin. Without sin. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and it's then he, and they said, oh, right now. felt like you, that religious got in your, that religion. And you see where they're calling the people religious who are truly just trying to follow Christ and mm-hmm. saying like, set your sides. The Lord said, be holy as I am holy. Christ yeah. said, be holy as I am holy. What is holy? Being set apart, pure, sanctified, not of this world, considering things very carefully as far as what you say and how you say it, what you do, not being too careful that you don't say the truth, but making sure not to give so in to this, this, this world. This is the thing, like, and 
I'm saying this because I was kind of at that point where I didn't read the Bible as much, but I was listening to preachers and, and you can fall astray into that easily. And then you become judgmental. Like, Oh, you guys are just so religious. Oh, you guys are just, just too much, whatever. And, but if you actually just sit down and read the scripture, you realize, and, and the Holy spirit actually transforms you to have more of a correct mindset you know, it's not a religious mindset. Yeah. It's not a religious if you action. Give the Lord but that if you preeminence, exactly that, that place in your heart, yes. that and position. You wish to not just like read the Bible, but you study the Bible and be like, all right, Lord, what are you trying to communicate with me? Not what Amen. I'm trying to understand yeah. or make Huge. it to, you know, make me feel good or so good. Not. Yeah. That's such a good point. I love it mm-hmm. because I've noticed that when we were watching videos debunking modern theories of Christianity that take it off into a tangent that is not what we see the Lord really meaning Mm -hmm. for it, where they try to make the Bible say something it doesn't say. Mm -hmm. And this is what the Bible says as well, to beware of people looking for what, trying to hear what their itching ears Mm -hmm. want to hear. So what their preference is, they have these preferences, they have this brainwashing, and then they want to live their lifestyle. And this could fit into so many areas, Mm -hmm. whether you want to not give to the poor or whether you want to endorse a homosexual lifestyle. Or whether or not you want to uh, justify your money hungry yeah. Uh, capability. Yeah, you want to justify the fact that God's blessing, you know, he gives That's, the cattle on a know, thousand hills. God's calling he has for a storehouse of heaven. Yeah, and you could you could make that work, but yeah. it says to be content in all things and also to give. And Jesus says, Who gave the most? The person who gave sacrificially, mm-hmm. that gave gave everything. Yeah. And so that that is answered in the context of maybe not 10%, but maybe like much more, you know? Well, even so. with the whole fact of giving now, we're now we're in a little bit of a tangent with money. However, yeah. I, we were, so last week during passion week, we all got together as a family and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of spent the time with the Lord. And my brother-in-law, you know, actually brought up the point about Judas. He was the one who dealt with the money. Yeah. He had money on the brain and, mm. you know, the root of, you know, money is the root of all evil and how, we could easily, I mean, he saw the miracles. He did the miracles. He yeah. was there up in front yeah, and he still was blinded by the money. He sold Christ for money. Yeah. For just a little bit of yeah. money. And so he's eternal soul. And even that one rich man who came to Jesus said, I want to live my life for you. And Jesus said, sell everything. And he couldn't. And he turned away dismayed because he couldn't, yeah. you know, sell. So it's just the idea of yes, money is root of all evil and much evil. Yeah. Much evil. And the love of money, the love of money. And so just to kind of also keep that in mind, I understand that we have a little bit of stress going on because you want to do well in life. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to live life well, but kind of keep checking yourself. Are you making money an idol? Are you making Mm -hmm. luxury goods an idol? Are you making traveling an idol? Because traveling is luxury. Travel definitely can be an idol for sure. You know, because you set that aside and like, that was one of the things we found in our relationship when we got married, we had made a commitment to travel more often and Mm -hmm. then we got married and then we didn't travel as much. And And every time we tried to, it just didn't work out for some reason too. But like we are the the flights that we wanted to go to just didn't work out. I think we have to compromise more on that where Mm -hmm. we look at each other and you try to make more of an effort Mm -hmm. and I try to make less of an effort. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I try to set aside that, Mm -hmm. that thing in my heart that wants to go away and says, Mm -hmm. you know what, God, I just trust you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for letting me find a faithful woman who's committed to you and we can pursue you together. And we have our best intentions Mm -hmm. at heart 
for each other. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why I read the scripture before I we we close here, have I not told you these things that in me you will have you may have peace? Sorry, I told you these things that in me you'd have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So our trust is not in governments. Mm-hmm. Our trust is in the Lord. And this has been this is a huge thing. I see like a kind of an overlap, and this is my little Venn diagram, an overlap of Christians that are completely in the context of what it is to follow Christ, yet will trust in government. Mm. Then there are those who say, no, I will not trust in government. And I I don't see... So one of the things we're told to do is pray for those who are in authority and to submit, but you're not to submit to evil. Mm -hmm. And when there's a person leading you to sin, so it says, whatever is good, whatever is holy, whatever is pure, think of these things. What is the verse that says... The fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Mm -hmm. So if you're following someone and they're, you know, showing the fruits of the spirit, you submit. But when you have an evil dictatorial leader, it is not correct to submit when they're leading people to sin. And you look throughout the context of scripture and you see the full understanding of that and you Mm -hmm. see hey this is an evil person we will not agree with this Mm -hmm. this person and i think it might even be holy and i'm going to go out on a limb here and this might be very controversial to pray for that person's downfall for their their destruction Uh, i will because well it's a biblical because it does says the bible says pray for your leader yes sure and but uh, when your leader is an evil terrible person how, how many times have like the israelites been captive by an evil person. Yes. The same with the Christians were under Roman rule, which was definitely evil. Yes. You know, I don't I think right. they prayed for their destruction. They prayed for the leadership because that's well, some of them did. Maybe they weren't right, but <laughs> maybe that's me. I mean, that's because they wise, did I think that see. Christ came to overthrow the government and to set up a new government in Israel. That was the context of which they kept understanding Christ, and they well, didn't. They understand understood him it in correctly. a different way. Yeah, they that's didn't why. understand so correctly, why, but they did have that context because they saw that. And I see that in Revelation, Christ mm-hmm. does come down. Yes, he, he does, does take him. But out. I don't see uh, anywhere in Scripture that says for you to pray justice, for the downfall of yes, your leader. Vengeance where's is it, mine. Where says to the Lord, pray though. for. Well, where's to pray for our, our leaders? Yeah. However, the Lord wants to deal with it. That's you know up to the Lord. I think you should consider your prayers carefully. Yeah. But I think there are times where the Lord would bring up a righteous anger and say, "Look at this evil that's going on. Mm-hmm. Shake everything that can be shaken. Have your way, God. Mm-hmm. If it means overthrowing this government, if it means these people being ended, mm-hmm. and I get that little bit of that, you know, righteous anger mm-hmm. inside, and I also do feel the Lord's anointing in my prophetic anointing to be like Jeremiah, who was a prophet. And if yes, you look you at John to, the Baptist, who was also a prophet. You have to take into consideration the new covenant of things and how how Christ had asked us, you know, turn the other cheek. How Christ had asked us, you know, it's very different. You're you're a little bit like Old Testament right now. Sure. And so I'm with more the, Yes. And so with the the Old Testament, we are to pray for our enemies. We are to, you know, pray sure. for our leaders. So do you play, pray blessings on a person who invites people who chop off their penises and comes to the White House and encourages people to do so? I don't think you have to pray that, Lord, bl- prosper them and bless them. But, yeah. Lord, I pray that you turn their hearts according to your will. That's what you pray. Yeah. You know, so you I don't, don't pray, pray destruction you don't pray over them. You pray for the downfall? 
I know. I pray the Lord to turn turn their hearts and you don't and pray for the evilness to be exposed. How does and not how did God turn the heart of Pharaoh? It wasn't in a very gentle way. Yeah, but he turned the heart of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. However, the Lord chooses to turn he the heart hardened. of a leader. He also hardened he did. his heart. And so, however, the Lord decides to turn the heart of a leader. It's up to God. It's not up to me because yes. even if you you think hatred towards someone you are murdering them according yeah. to the lord well, so that's why it's like you have to be really careful with mm-hmm. that you know in this new covenant what the lord requests of of us is higher you know it's not no longer the act of adultery it's thinking you're already committing adultery you know so it's kind of like if you're thinking wicked things against this leader mm-hmm you're already committing that murder. You already murdered that person. You know, so it's, it, that's why you pray for your leader. You pray the yeah. Lord to, to do his will. You pray the Lord change their hearts yeah. according to your will. And sometimes the Lord does that through famine, through, you know, catastrophes, through whatever, to change the heart of the wicked. However the Lord wishes, desires and, and acts on that is the Lord's right. But me as a child of God, a follower of Christ, I am to pray for the Lord's will to be done, you know, not downfall for someone else. What if that's the Lord's will? That's up to the Lord. I'm not praying for the downfall of someone else. (laughs) Careful. You're being, you know, like you have to be be very, you have to be careful. I do. But I think that the, so I guess praying, Lord, bring this person to you. Let them hear your voice. Let them know you. Let this evil, and corruption depart from our land. May a righteousness arise. In context to politics, when you're looking for a person, you want to make sure you're similarly minded. Mm-hmm. If one person believes in the state having all control, all power, and having security, Mr. and trust has in that. fear of the state more than fear of God. Which as Christians, you don't get that as much. Sometimes you do, but you do. You I still think do. What you do often is you see people who've replaced God with government, mm-hmm. and they want the benevolent, all kind, all giving, all caring, all providing auspices, the positions of God given to government. So I think they, they want it. They government. want everything to be good. Yes. They want to be comfortable in their own place. They want to go to church and to have that feel good time and to you know be you know a good Christian. Um, you know, oh, I'm my, my soul is good where it's at. You know, mm-hmm. I am loving everyone around me. I am, you know, respecting everything that the government says. I am a good moral citizen. You know, you're yeah. in that little safety bubble. Sure. And you think you're fine. But in a sense, I think you're a little delusioned. Yeah. You know? and, and because guess, right now, society isn't what it used to be to a point of corruption and perversion is much more blatant. I'd say perversion for sure. And corruption too. It's much more blatant than it was before. I before, think there's been more corruption in the past too though. There was always corruption. It wasn't blatant in the US. Mm. So corruption was always in the United States. It was just, Hoover. it was better hidden compared yeah. to what is right now. Everything is like you're seeing, you know? And I remember when I was in Romania, people were like, oh, America is great, blah, 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 because Romania is so corrupt. I'm like, America is just as corrupt, if anything, probably more so. But it's just bad. they hide it better. Yeah, you know? I think of the of the petitioning petitioning of government with finances is definitely something. I think one of the weird things is that you can fund Planned Parenthood with taxpayer money, and Planned Parenthood in return gives money back to lawmakers. 
that to me seems like an a conflict of interest. Well, it and was I, the same thing. With I believe like, that with anything. People argue that the NRA is in, unjust, but the NRA is not publicly funded. So it's like also the same thing with like animal product and meat and like dairy and all that. It was it was government oh, funded. Guess, yeah, so yeah, it was like around. Yeah, the dairy industry, I suppose. And that's why and it was I'm pushed. Really, I'm against all of it, whether it's mm-hmm. conservative, liberal, mm-hmm. whatever side, or none of the above. We shouldn't have that. Like mm-hmm. it, should, it seems like a, a very corrupt system. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the person that you're wanting to be with, it's going to be much easier if you agree that you trust God, you don't trust man, you don't put your hope and faith in man, uh, yet you still, you still have some capability of submitting to government and you're not too crazy fringe that you want to overthrow the government and that you obsess over it or you live in fear of the government that you do trust God mm-hmm. and that you do know he's overcome the world. You do know your trust is not in man. Your trust is not in this world. And you can rest assured that that's where your help comes from. It's from the Lord. Amen. There is a, there's a, there's definitely a, a balance, a little bit of a balancing act mm-hmm. where, you know, the disciples came up and said, whose face is on this or Christ said, whose face is on that coin. We'll yeah. give unto Caesar. What is Caesar's? Of course. And people could say, well, that's the context of which you're supposed to pay taxes. And then there's the argument, well, they were not in control of their government. They had no say. Mm. So now as an American, you do have a say. And that's like the... Well, you pay where, your taxes. Where do we go? Do we? <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, you pay your taxes. the original context of the scripture was... Or not rather the scripture. The original context of America was supposed to be uh, right to property. But they changed it from life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. From life, li- life liberty right to property Mm -hmm. and that was the original context of america but they were Mm -hmm. too worried with slavery that they would have slavery forever Mm -hmm. because of the way people treated other humans as property Mm -hmm. and they changed it to uh life liberty pursuit of happiness and i think if we could have never had slavery that would have been beautiful and also Mm -hmm. had the right to property and then that way we wouldn't try to own humans as property Mm All right. Well, <laughs> it's like where where are we, where are we winding yeah. down? I think that that we better stop here, we, and we then we'll get to, the yeah. other topics at a different date. Yeah, I think like we're going to be doing uh, two topics every episode because there's, be, I there's. I mean, it's yeah. I liked this one a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we got into some good detail, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to talk about politics and not just a, a single uh, specific direction. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of hit it from a few different directions and slice yeah. and dice it. Um, we hope and, that you were very entertained. Well. <laughs> I hope that it was uh, enlightening. Um, yes. Yeah. Something that would bring uh, some meaning and some value to your life. God bless you. God bless. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you like it, you should put a ring on it or a thumbs up. Review. Pound sterling. You get the deal. Follow us on your favorite streaming platforms and Instagram at The Cashmere Couple. La revedere. La revedere. <laughs>